Leadership Show with Andy Peck. It's great to welcome you to the show that helps Christians in leadership, wherever they are, whether formal role or not. Ask most Christians in leadership about their ultimate goal, and they will tell you it's helping people become like Jesus. This is certainly the aim of church leaders who take the Great Commission seriously, but also for any Christian who's using their influence and leadership role, or whoever they are connecting with. But when pushed, most Christian leaders would say that helping people become like Jesus means helping people take on the character of Jesus in his self-giving life of love. What they don't typically expect is that they might lead people to operate in the power of Jesus, who also taught his original disciples to heal the sick and cast out demons. You will be aware that the church worldwide is divided over what part of the experience of the New Testament Christians should expect today. But my guest today is on the side with those who say that all that Jesus promised his followers then can be seen now. Her name is Lauren Crook, and she's the senior leader of Kingdom Living Ministries. And I'm looking forward to hearing why she believes what she does and how Christians in leadership can lead the way of Jesus. So welcome, Lauren, to The Leadership Show. Hi, Andy. It's really good to be with you today. Thank you. Have you always been on the side of those who'd expect all the supernatural gifts to be available today? I would say once I found out about them, yes. (laughs) I grew up uh, going to church. Uh, My parents took me since I was a baby, but I didn't really know about the reality of spiritual gifts until I was probably a young teenager starting to go to like Soul Survivor and it was working in ways I hadn't known about before. It was only then that I started reading about what the Bible says about the spiritual gifts and realized that they were a reality for us today. And as soon as I read it, I believed it. So I would say once I found out, absolutely did I um, expect that God wants to use the spiritual gifts. I just hadn't had much experience of seeing it. Um, And so that led me on a bit of a journey of finding out what they were and experiencing them for myself. So Lauren, that's great to hear. Um, You obviously weren't nervous about seeing God work in supernatural ways. No, not at all. I was really excited. I actually got to a point where I was watching Healing on the Streets videos all the time. I, I just thought, I really want this to be my life. I want to see this happen in my life. It seems like the really fun part of Christianity and I'm missing out on what it means to fully um, live and love like Jesus did. So for me, it wasn't a nervousness. It was an excitement while... I will admit I was still absolutely terrified about the idea, but I was so excited to step into what God had for me. I mean, there is a mode of Christian leadership which likes to promote the distance between the leader and the led. Uh, The leader is the one trained, uh, perhaps through theological education, uh, has the experience and giftedness and authority given by the church. But you seem to be arguing that anyone could be used to see God at work in this way. Clearly, Uh, You weren't a church leader at this point, and yet you were experiencing stuff. So um, it obviously requires a kind of enabling sort of leadership, would you say? Absolutely. Um, How we run Kingdom Living Ministries is we want to equip people to 
live the life that they've always wanted to live, the, the life that they see in the Bible for themselves. Because what we realize is, is that most people don't know that this is for everyone and very much see it as, well, it might be for the person at the front or the leader because they're extra holy, they're extra special, extra chosen by God. But when I read my Bible, I see that in Ephesians 1, it tells us that we've been given every spiritual blessing and that God has for all of us to operate in this way, that he encourages us, Paul exhorts us to um, to eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit. And he doesn't just say, you know, if you're a church leader or if you've prayed enough that day or if you've worshipped enough um, that week, that it is something for all of us. And the Great Commission was given to everyone, not just to leaders. So I believe that it's the job of every Christian and the responsibility of every Christian to fully express what was won for us on the on the cross, which is the kingdom of God. So Lauren, um, we've talked about the supernatural. I used it in my introduction. Uh, it might be good just to, to narrow down a little bit what we understand by that um you know we understand we're using this language but uh, some some may be attending church and they're used to seeing preaching gifts maybe or um yeah. gifts of hospitality or of of serving but perhaps not the these other gifts that um are, are called supernatural or so-called charismatic gifts so perhaps you could outline the kind of things that you've seen and experienced in your own life yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking about um, what you've called the charismatic gifts, I'm thinking of things like um, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues, um, the gift of wisdom, discernment. They're all um, listed for us in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, but it's definitely something that I believe is for everyone. And I personally have seen them happen in my life to the extent that I can't now deny that I believe it is for all Christians to walk in. And um, just to kind of give you guys some examples, because I believe that God uses this stuff for, for so many things, not only in evangelism, because I believe that when people see an act of God, um, when we say supernatural, something that couldn't really happen by the laws of physics, that they have to take a step back and think, okay, maybe there's more to this than I understood. We see these gifts being used to empower and encourage um, Christians in their faith and in their walk with God. And um, an example of um, the gift of prophecy is that I was, I was at an event in London. We were hosting a, a rooftop worship evening which was in itself a really incredible evening and at the end of the night a guy came up on the microphone and said um I wasn't invited to this event and I don't have a ticket so he apologized for that but he says I live in the block of flats just over the road from here and I heard the music happening and it was my favorite worship song and I thought I just I want to be there so I came out of my flat, I followed the music and I, I found the building. I walked up all the stairs, I got to the door and it was locked. And he said, he was really disappointed, but back down he goes, starts walking home. And he felt God say to him, 
go back and if you push the door, it will open for you. So back he goes all the way up all the stairs, back to the door. It's still locked, but he pushes it and the door opens and he comes all the way up to the roof and he joins in with the worship event. And then obviously at the, at the end of the event, he's sharing this story. And as he's saying this, I, I felt this nudge in my, in my spirit um, of God saying, I've got something really important to tell him. I need you to go and tell him. So, you know, I'm learning to be obedient to what I hear from God, even when I, I'm not sure. So I said to God, okay, yeah, I will go and tell him. What is it that you want me to go and tell him? And I felt God say, I'll tell you when you get there. So I thought, oh, okay, well. that's not, <laughs> yeah, that's not very helpful, but <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, again, I'm learning to trust even when it's scary and I might look like a bit of a fool that um, oftentimes when I put God in those positions, he comes through for me. So I went up to the guy and I said, um, I feel God wants to say something to you. Can I share it with you? And he said, yeah, absolutely. What is it? And I said, I still don't have it, but if you let me pray for you, I believe he'll speak. So I prayed for him. And as I prayed, I just had this idea in my mind, I guess, that he was really unhappy at his job, that he actually had this desire to start his own company and he wanted to create an app uh, to help people. So I very, very nervously shared this with him because it seemed like a really big thing to say. And also it's either right or it's wrong. And so I shared it with him and his face is gradually lighting up, lighting up, as is mine, because I'm thinking, I can't believe this. I can't believe God's told me this thing so accurately. And he confirmed that it was totally right and a real encouragement. And I actually saw the guy about three months later and he said to me, I've, I've left my job, I've started the business and I've created the app and we're, we're up and running already. And he said, if, I wouldn't have had the courage to do that if you didn't come and speak to me that evening. And so I just, I see it as a culmination, all the reasons why he was up there, how he got there, that God had a divine appointment set up and it would have been so easy for me to say no or to uh, dismiss the voice of God, but where I'm learning and in this process of learning to hear his voice and be obedient, I had the courage to go and share. And um, yeah, now that the app is up and running, it's an amazing app and God is moving powerfully through it. So that's a really exciting story of um, God using the gifts to encourage the children of God. Oh, it's a lovely story, Lauren. Thank you for, for, for sharing. Um, I was going to ask you, why do you think there's a resistance to having this kind of ministry in our daily lives? I guess fear is is going to be one of them because you you expressed your nervousness about uh, stepping out in this way. Absolutely. I think fear of man, fear of failure, whatever it might be, is such a barrier to moving in these things. I think a lot of Christians would love to, but there's a big fear. I think one of the other um, resistances to it is that a lot of people simply don't know that they can or how to do it. There's not always a lot of practical teaching on, well, how do we hear the voice of God? How do we know the difference between my own thoughts and God talking to me? How do I pray for someone for healing? And 
I, I believe it's sometimes it's just a lack of knowledge or of training or encouragement that we can all live this, this lifestyle. And that oftentimes when we put God in the position where he has to come through for us, he does, even when we're afraid, because I can tell you from my own experience that I still get nervous. I still get, I still get fearful to talk to certain people or that it might be wrong or what if they don't get healed and all those questions, but it's worth it every single time when I see God move. We're listening to the leadership show with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Lauren Crook. We're talking uh, about aspects of her ministry. She's a senior leader of Kingdom Living Ministries, which is uh, a ministry that believes that can train and equip people for seeing all that Jesus used to do in his uh, public ministry on earth. Uh, that's still the case. That Jesus is still doing that through his church uh, today. Uh, so, Lauren, obviously, uh, we've talked a little bit about training and passing. Um, if this was just a case of uttering the right kind of prayer, you wouldn't need a course. <laughs> so what are, you, what are the kind of things you're doing on your courses that enable anybody, not just church leaders, but including church leaders, to engage in this kind of ministry? Mm, I think that's a really good question and one that I get asked a lot because, like you say, if it is as easy as just praying that prayer, that we don't, we don't need training. But for me, the reality is, is that it is a lot easier than we think, but people don't know that they can walk in the authority of God. People don't know that it's available to them. So at Kingdom Living Ministries, we, we focus on topics like intimacy with God, firstly, and foremost, foremostly that we want to learn how we can grow closer and closer to God each day, how we can um, no longer be held under um, the past, things in the past that have held us down or lies that we believed about ourselves or about God. We, we also look at um, identity, learning who we are in Christ. What does the Bible really say about who we are? And as a result, what does that mean for our lives? Because I really believe that once we discover who we are, we discover that we can do all things in the kingdom, that God has and is releasing us to be an expression of his kingdom here on earth. We also look at um, living a supernatural lifestyle. So that would be very practically teaching on things like the gift of prophecy and healing and evangelism and miracles and things like that. So how do you do all of those things? And is it possible to do these things? How do we do it in a safe way, loving the person in front of us? Because love ultimately is always the goal. Um, and we want to learn what that looks like in different um, circumstances and environments. And lastly, we look at calling. We want to help people to discover what they're called for. We know the calling of the church as a whole, but as individuals, God has designed us all so differently. And we want to help people to discover what they are called for as an individual and practically help them to start walking in that identity. So it's much more than, hey, here's the prayer, go off and do it. Um, because all of that stems from knowing who we are and knowing that God wants to use us. So, Lauren, I guess you must have some 
before and after examples. You know, people who've mm-hmm. uh, showed up at the course, very nervous, thought, oh, crumbs, I want to have this, give a go, but I'm not sure what's going to work. Um, and and then perhaps I've seen some some remarkable things happen. Yeah, and first and foremost, I am an example of before and after. I myself did a supernatural school and I did it because, like I said, I was watching all these videos and I had a hunger to see God move in the way I was reading in my Bible, but I wasn't seeing in, in some of the churches I was visiting. And I was absolutely terrified. And I knew that to get past that fear, I had to firstly get around a community of people that were doing it so that I, um, I had that encouragement. And I also had to put myself in positions that made me feel uncomfortable. And um, so I myself have gone through that journey, but I also see it in my students. I've, we've got a current student right now who's doing our first year program. And um, when she started the course, she had so much pain in her body. Um, she had to uh, lie down all the time. And even to get into the course, her friend had to bring her in a car where she could lie down because of pain of sitting for too long. And she had a real desire for her own healing, but she also had this fervent desire to see people healed when she prayed for them. And not only now do we see her walking in so much more of her healing because she's recognized actually I can claim this healing for myself and I can join in with what God is doing. And she's now able to sit normally and she doesn't have to lie down in the car. And, you know, this is something that three, four years ago, she never could have dreamed of being able to do. And she's experienced it, but she's also, we've been out on the streets and she's prayed for people and seen people instantly healed. And, I remember the first time and she she ran in after our outreach time and she said, Lauren, 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 I've, I see someone healed today. And she was so excited. And my response was just, yeah, that's the first of many because God wants to use her to bring healing, not only for herself, but for other people as well. And it brings me so much joy to watch people um, walk out the truth of who they are and what God has for them. Well, thank you for sharing that, Leon. That's that's terrific to hear. Um, I guess lots of folk will know that the there are many churches where this kind of thing is a little bit absent, uh, and there are mm-hmm. churches where it's much more frequent, where people base their ministry around the expectation that God will will will, will uh, intervene and there'll be prayer ministry, etc. Uh, so, is this ideally for people from churches where? these kind of things are normal or might it be possible for someone to come who's in a a, a fairly non shall we say non-charismatic church uh, and yet mm-hmm. be able to take this back to them have you got experiences of that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely we believe this course is for everyone whatever denomination you are from whatever your background um we believe this is for everyone and One of the beautiful things about Kingdom Living Ministries is that we are not ourselves a church, which means that we are able to train and equip people and keep them in their current churches. We don't want to draw people away from churches and create our own little bubble, but we want to empower people where they are to live it out where they are. 
And we actually see students who come from churches where maybe they are the only one who's embracing this, this way of thinking or this lifestyle. And a particular student who used to be involved, uh, used to go to a, a cult, basically. And um, she attended um, a short course where she received some teaching about her identity in Christ and it completely changed everything that she had learned and really challenged her to think differently. And she took, um, she took what she had learned back to her church and started living it out. But um, it was not met well, should I say, by the leaders and by um, everyone else in the church. In fact, what um, she had been taught was very much rejected as well as herself being very much rejected. Um, and while she really had a heart to stay because she wanted to see change in the church, it wasn't really working for her to stay. So she left and she um, joined Kingdom Living Ministries and started doing our course. And since that time, the fruit in her life has grown and grown and grown. And she's been able to go back to this old church and they have completely changed. They've embraced the teaching that a lot of their behavior before that was controlling and manipulating has completely broken and seen the church completely revitalized by one or two people who are running after this stuff. So it's definitely not just for people who are already believing it. Lauren, you mentioned earlier that you were nervous about praying for people, particularly for healing, because mm -hmm. what if it doesn't happen? What if God doesn't come through? What is your kind of theology around all that? Because um, uh, people are nervous about that and they hate expectations raised, particularly if people have been long-term prayed for and nothing's happened. That's such a good question and a really difficult one to answer, if I'm honest. And the reality at this point is asking the question, why do some people not get healed when we pray for them? I don't know. I don't know why some people get healed immediately and some people don't. But I believe that my Bible tells me that we lay hands on the sick and they will recover, that Jesus healed every person, every disease, everywhere he went. And so um, the heart of God is to bring healing and things like that. And we fit that in, into our experiences and they don't always match up. But I. I have to, in those moments, choose to believe the truth of the word of God over my experience and trust that in the middle of all of that, God is still moving and doing something, whether I see it visibly with my eyes in a split second or not. You know, I remember being in a church service and there was a guy and he didn't have any sense of smell, any sense of taste. And this was pre-COVID. <laughs> and um, I, I prayed for him and I... I said, oh, can you test it out? And I ran to my bag and I got perfume out and I started spraying it everywhere. And he's like, no, no, I can't smell it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, there was a time when Jesus prayed twice for someone. So if he prays twice, I'm going to pray at least twice. So I prayed again and I started spraying the perfume again and everyone around us is choking because <laughs> I've sprayed it so much. But he's like, no, I still can't smell it. So I pray again. I pray probably about four times and nothing happens there and then. And I just said to him, look, I believe God wants to heal you because that's what I read in my Bible. But 
I want to encourage you when you go to bed tonight to wake up with an expectancy that you're going to be healed. And um, I found out one or two weeks later that he did wake up the next day completely healed. And that was amazing. And yet there are people, even myself, um, I've experienced things and I'm still going through things where I'm waiting for my healing and I don't have the answers, but I do choose to have faith and trust in the God who does have the answers and that I, I don't need to understand everything in this moment in time. And my peace comes from that place. And I, I would encourage leaders that while it can be really scary to um, put expectations on God that, that might fail in the way that we understand right now, that God does always come through in whatever way that might be. And that he won't come through unless we start asking him to do things. So, you know, if you want to see people healed, you've got to start praying for people to be healed. And that does invite an expectation. But my question to myself has always been, you know, if I pray for a hundred people to be healed, um, but only one gets healed, is it worth it? And my answer is always yes, it's worth it for that, that one. And if as I press into this truth, I see more and more people get healed, it's even more worth it. Well, thank you, Lauren. That's uh, terrifically honest and uh, real answer. Appreciate it very much. Uh, as we close, Lauren, uh, some more details about the Kingdom Living Ministries. Uh, is this an in-person course? Is it Zoom? Is it a mixture of both? What are the kind of ways in which you seek to serve people? Yeah, so people can get involved in either of those ways. We run an in-person course in London, in North London, in Enfield, which is one day a week. Um, and within that, we go through our whole program. It's over nine months and we meet um, in term time. We also have an online version of the school, which happens on a Wednesday night on Zoom. We send you out teachings to watch at home. And then we do lots of what I call activations, which are just putting things into practice of what we've learned. Um, and we also have a new in-person KLM opening up in West Sussex in Little Hampton. Um, the details of which will be announced very soon. Um, so if you keep your eye on the website, www.kingdomlivingministries.co.uk, you will be able to find out all the information about our London courses, online courses, and West Sussex courses coming up starting this October. And our applications are now open and we would love to invite you to join um, and feel free to ask us any questions that you have. Well, thank you so much for, for what you shared and for uh, raising our faith levels to expect God to do so much more. So thank you, Lauren Cook, so much. Thank you for having me. It was my joy to chat with Lauren Cook of Kingdom Living Ministries. Maybe some of what she said was out of your comfort zone. Maybe not. I've certainly found that God leads us gently in these things and there's nothing to fear. So if you're in London or even near Littlehampton, it might be worth investigating. It's my joy to find guests each week uh, for you. So you may well know that Premier's website and the podcast platforms where you listen to this from will have archive shows for you. So do uh, download those and listen again to others. I look forward to catching you again next time. This is Andy Peck. Thank you for tuning in. God bless. 
The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. To get in touch, email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.